As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew who he was. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring town so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the gospel of the Lord. The Super Bowl is next week, and my household is rather excited. Some of us for the actual game, Others of us for the commercials, Usher at halftime, and most importantly, the Taylor Swift appearances. <laughs> All 40 seconds of them. I've always been a football fan. I played growing up, played in high school, and I've always loved watching the Colts with my family. Recently, I listened to a podcast from The Athletic on Andrew Luck. I'm guessing... Most of you are familiar with him. But for those not, Luck was the Colts' first round pick in 2012. We had a dismal season in 2011. We lost Peyton Manning, but there was all this hype around a young, nerdy, very athletic quarterback out of Stanford. And despite the enormous pressure of playing in the shadow of Peyton Manning, Luck delivered. Immediately, he made an impact, throwing touchdowns, taking hits, and getting up, even taking the Colts to multiple playoff appearances. At times, Luck appeared more godlike than human on the football field. Everything was pointing to the Colts making a Super Bowl run. That is, until August 24th, 2019. To the shock and disappointment of many, the 29-year-old with potentially some of the best years ahead of him decided to retire. Over the last four years, Luck said, he went through a vicious cycle. Pain, injury, rehab. Pain, injury, rehab. He was amazing to watch but it came at the cost of his body. Torn cartilage and two broken ribs, partially torn abdomen, a lacerated kidney, at least one known concussion, a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder, and the calf issue that he'd been dealing with for who knows how long. At the press conference, 
announcing his retirement, Luck said, quote, I feel quite exhausted and tired. It's been tiring. I feel tired and not just in the physical sense. It's like he couldn't say it enough. But in the very next breath, Luck said, I feel so much clarity about this. At that press conference, Luck showed us that he wasn't just a football player or some superhuman athlete. He was just human. And even though he was beloved by fans, coaches, the city, he discerned that if he continued to play football, it would come at the cost of his body, his family, and the life that he really wanted to live. And so he moved in a different direction. So what in the world does Andrew Luck and Jesus have in common? They show us what it means to be human. That is, we see them exhausted. We see them take the time to discern what's next and with great clarity. They move in a different direction. Over the last five weeks, we have explored stories that show us who Jesus is and what he's all about. The Magi calling him king of the Jews, Nathaniel saying that Jesus is the son of God, fishermen dropping everything to follow him. He can even cast out unclean spirits. But this week, we are shown something completely different. This week, our story picks up on that same day that Jesus cast out that unclean spirit in the synagogue. They're leaving as word spreads about this miracle, and they go straight to Simon and Andrew's house. Right away, Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law of a fever. Amazed, the disciples then bring him everyone that they know who's sick or demon-possessed. The whole city Maybe 1,500 people are gathered outside of this little house to see the spectacle. In just one day, Jesus has taught in the synagogue, performed his first exorcism and healing, and that night spent the whole night casting out more demons and healing more people. He had to be exhausted. So the next morning, before the sun is up, Jesus awakes, retreats to a deserted place alone, and prays. And right there, we are shown something different about Jesus than in all the other Epiphany stories. We're shown that Jesus is human, that he's hit a limit, that he's tired that he needed to be alone, to recharge, to pray, to listen to God, to discern what comes next before all of the bombardment of demands from the people around him begin. And that time alone, it didn't last long. The disciples, they hunted for him, frantically searching. And when they found him, they informed Jesus that everyone is looking for you. As if to say, what in the world are you doing out here by yourself? All of these people are looking to you. They need you. 
And to the shock and disappointment, Jesus said, let's move on. Let's go to the other towns. I need to go there to proclaim this message and to do healings. After all, that's what I came to do. Jesus had clarity about the next move in his ministry. He knew that he wouldn't be able to do what he was called to do if he had stayed right there. This life demands a great deal from us. People and powers try to pull us in all sorts of directions, telling us who we should be and what we should do. They want all that you can give, and then they'll ask for more. We will get tired and overwhelmed and exhausted even. It's only human. And it's so easy to just continue on doing what's asked of you, even at the cost of yourself and the life that God really desires for you. Which is why, just like Jesus, we too need time to recharge, to pray, to listen to God, to discern what's next before the bombardment of demands comes all around us. And in that space and time, God gives clarity about what we are called to and gives our weary selves power to do it. It might be in a different direction than you thought. It might come as a shock or a disappointment to those around you. But by faith, we trust we will be headed where God is leading and giving us strength along the way. Everyone will faint and grow weary, Isaiah says. But those who wait for the Lord, those who go off to pray, to listen, to discern, will have renewed strength. That's a promise. And just as we need that time of discernment in our individual lives, we need it together as a community, as Cross of Grace. We as a community will feel the pull to do so many different things, so many different ministries to serve in all sorts of different ways. The church, the world around us will tell us you need to be more like this place, more like that organization. You need to do more programs like this place. And it will be overwhelming. It can be exhausting. But Jesus shows us another way a way we are trying to follow with our holy conversations that begin today. It's vital for us to pray together, that we listen to each other, to our leadership, and most importantly, listen to where we hear God at work in the midst of us. Where, to what, and to whom is God leading us? Who needs to come alongside us? What is the need that calls us to serve in new ways and in new places? There is energy and excitement in this place. Look around. Do you not see it? Do you not feel it? 
Now is the time to discern together and to dream about what comes next. Yet in all of this, what doesn't change is who we are and what our ministry is. Sure, Jesus went to other neighboring towns, but he still preached the gospel and healed people. That part never changed. For us, as Cross of Grace, whatever comes next for us, we remain a community of disciples offering grace, no strings attached. That part doesn't change. We will continue to worship, learn about, and serve the everlasting God who does not faint or grow weary, but gives power to the tired and strengthens the weak. And so we pray that God will guide these holy conversations, giving us clarity about the direction God is leading and empower us to follow, whatever the direction may be. Amen.